Yo, this episode of Bass Freaks is brought to you by Dunlop Super Bright Bass Strings. Dunlop Super Bright Bass Strings put your sound front and center with a bright yet musical top end, balanced fundamental, and a warm low end. Designed from the ground up to fit the vision of what a string should be, Super Bright Bass Strings provide a superior response that allows the natural voice of your bass to come through. Made in California at Dunlop headquarters, go to jimdunlop.com and check out Super Bright Bass Strings. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Dunlop Presents Bass Freaks. This is a place for all of us bass freaks to chat it up, gain a little insight and inspiration, and have some fun with some great bass players. I'm your host, Josh Paul, and today we welcome the one and only Duff McKagan to the show. Thank you for being on here, man. I'm so stoked. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Um, well, what I'm doing right now, I'm, I think we're playing show number six on our U.S. tour. Okay, with Guns N' Roses, right? With Guns N' Roses, yep, correct. Awesome. awesome. Um, we're in Missoula, Montana. Um, we rehearsed for five weeks before the tour, and before that, during COVID, I was, I was just playing it a shit ton. Um, I had, I just got my own studio just before COVID hit, so in Seattle, and so I just spent, you know, nine, nine to five, kind of basically, you know, basically twelve to. 12 to 7.30 or 8 every day, five days a week in my studio during COVID. So got a lot of my chops. I kept my chops up. Hell yeah. Were you yeah. writing or were you just practicing or doing a project, different projects? Uh, all of that. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's a kind of, during COVID, it was kind of a solitary thing. It was uh, my, my engineer producer guy, Martin Fabier in, in, um, in Seattle. And we, we just, you know, we made, like everybody, we made our own little pod. It was Martin, his wife, you know, myself, my wife, and TJ, a guy who works for Guns N' Roses who lives in Seattle, uh, was the studio manager, you know, and okay. uh, just kind of, you know, went down and played drums and, and kind of got everything going and, yeah, uh, recorded a bunch of songs. And then, I you know, before I come down, for guns rehearsals or any rehearsals I do, I, I pre-rehearse and get my shit together. And, and well, then- uh, That saves some time for sure. Um. <laughs> you know, I always want to be ready for, I don't want to be like, oh shit, how's this thing go in front of everybody? I don't want to waste their time. Right, well you are a professional. Yeah, to be, at this to be, point, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. how long, okay, so when did you do your first record? First ever recording? Yeah. Um, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, I was a in a punk rock. My first band called the Veins in Seattle. I was the bass player of that band. Um, I had a Gibson EBO bass. Love those. Yeah, I uh, bought it with my paper route money. Um, I'm fairly certain it was probably hot. <laughs> um, and you know that's when you bass strings were a fortune yes. you know you would just play the same strings as long as you had the bass really um and i started playing drums at the at the same time i was in guitar same time i was learned bass it was like just kind of there was there was gear and stuff around my neighborhood so we would just all jam on different things and um, so I made another single 
maybe a year later and I was the drummer and there was a band called the Fastbacks from Seattle who went on, they made a, a ton of records and for sub pop and for, you know, uh, long career. Um, but, uh, then I, I made, a, I made, I made a lot. I made a record with the farts. I was the drummer, the farts, farts. Yeah. Hardcore yeah. band from Seattle. Okay. You, you can find them. I'm going to look them up. The farts. Yeah. And then, you know, we, I just, I did record a bit. You know, I played guitar on this band, the living and that, that record, I made that in 1982. It just came out like eight months ago during COVID that record from 40, whatever, you know, Years ago, uh, Stone from Pearl Jam has a little label. He put the record out. It's like, how come you never told me about this record? It never came out, right? Okay. So yeah, he just fell in love with this old punk record and, and put it out. And you played guitar on that? I was a guitar player, yeah. Awesome. Um, so what uh, drew you to bass? Um, well, I was kind of just drawn to everything, and I, and I still... I mean, really, like at home and stuff, I have an acoustic guitar out. I do, I go through spurts on the bass. Like, I, I really got into oh, wanting to learn more about my the neck of my bass, you know? Okay. And connecting dots. And I would watch the Stacks documentary and really watch Booker T and the MGs and, and Duck Dunn. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up being influenced more more by Sly and the Family Stone okay. and then then Black Sabbath by far. You know? So you I mean, got I never didn't come to Black soul. Sabbath until the like late nineties. Oh so, wow. Okay. I mean really. So um like uh Jamerson <clears throat> and Duck Dunn, like the Duck Dunn especially like not especially, but just that simplicity of that rhythm section was like, oh yeah, less is way more. Uh, Less hear you, man. so much more and um and i i i go through and I'll, I'll take bass lessons with like reggie hamilton oh awesome um, yeah and he's a he's a neighbor and, and a good friend and a fuck um you know monster of a bass player or scott <laughs> schreiner from weezer oh yeah scott's great scott's great he's a studied guy you know he really knows a lot about theory and whatnot so just sitting with other bass players and it, you know, I pay him. I I'm like, I know I want to take, like, I want this to be official. Like you're the teacher, I'm the student and we have, you know, take notes and stuff. So I'll go through those spurts. Uh -huh. And then I really, I like doing that. And then just being left on my own to like kind of meld that all into my mindset and my muscle memory and, and make some other, those things my own and not just parrot what I learned, you know? Right. Yeah. That's important. I love that you, um, are, are still eager to learn and that's so oh. great that you can use that even now in everything you do because you've done so much already and I really appreciate that yeah no I'm fascinated by the, the by the bass but by, by um more than anything else you know there's and I get to watch Slash who's a master you know like I played with him for so long and I've seen him grow and progression and he, he, now he's he's really into the like this super blues solo and it's legit it's not like him trying to copy some blues guy it, right. it like flash is the real thing so I, and i really appreciate all that and i appreciate really good drummers and really good 
singers and I get to watch Axel, who's a master, you know, like fight for every vowel and find places in the body to push. Um, but I mean, bass is just a super fascinating uh, instrument to me. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really fortunate that that's what I play and I get to go out and kind of practice what I preach uh, doing that. I love playing guitar. I have my, my, my bands where I play guitar. Um, I did get back into playing drums during COVID. Awesome. You know, it's killer playing drums, but I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm the most comfortable, the most in my skin playing, playing bass by far. Okay. And, um, well, you're, I don't know where we started with this, but yeah, uh, no, I, I was just, uh, I was just wondering what drew you to bass, and if there was, if there was uh, maybe a particular bass player that you saw, and you were like, "That's it, that's what I want to do," or even a musician, because it, you're obviously a musician. You you love music, and yeah, you love yeah. all instruments, and you create. It sounds like not only on the bass, but on guitar and and drums as well. Yeah, I'm um, Paul Simonon from the Clash. I got to see the Clash before London Calling, they played Seattle in 1979. And it was this, just, it was a gig that changed my life, really. Just like seeing this band that I thought was as big as, you know, I was very young, punk rock was, was new, and I was like, this is what I, this is my thing. And seeing this band that I thought was, I saw Led Zeppelin at the Kingdom in 77, and to me, the Clash were there from England, man. You know, like, they're yeah. as big as Led Zeppelin, they played this, this theater and there was like 150 people there because nobody knew who the clash was yet really and they were talking directly to people in the audience and saying like we're all in this together so there's no difference between us and you and paul simonon his the way he approaches the bass and the holes and the and the places he hits and just the fucking cool factor of that guy um was really like, oh, I want to do that. And um, then there was a guy, Randy Rampage, from DOA, which was oh, a oh, oh, okay, yeah, I know who DOA is. Yeah, yeah. And so they uh, they were from Vancouver, BC. They were kind of like my Kiss, you know, as a young, uh, young, young uh, boy, teenager, you know. And uh, that guy was the shit. And if you see early pictures of him and see like pictures of me and like. Uh, I, like to me now, it's just so obvious. I wasn't trying to steal the guy's look or anything. It's just I was so influenced by Rampage. Right. That's a, well. I gotta say, you were talking about Slash earlier, um, and you think of of Guns and Roses, and I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything, but y you know, I always thought, oh, Slash is cool, but that guy right there talking about you, Duff, is awesome. He is cool as hell, and I want to do that. So you were definitely one of the people for me growing up. I was oh, like, shit. holy shit. That's the epitome of cool right there. So the way you talk about Paul, um, yeah. I was kind of like with you. I was like, dude, that is awesome. Oh, oh <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you're, a, you're a rock star for sure. And one of the things that I'm very um, impressed by and I find really interesting is the fact that I read you went back to school. I, well, I didn't go back. I went to school because I uh, didn't, oh. never left school because I never went there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so you went yeah. to school, which is I even did. cooler. Yeah. And um, what, uh, what inspired that? What motivated you to, to actually take the time to do it? 
Well, really during, I mean, uh, I could, you know, school wasn't, I'm from a family of eight kids. Uh, I'm one of seven. Okay. So, so college wasn't an option unless yeah. you paid for it on your own, you know, right in, in our family. Um, so it just wasn't an option. Like when I chose music, not having options is great. If you're a musician, if you, that's what you want to do and you a hundred and fucking 92% into you have to be all the way in plus, 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 you know what I'm saying? And, uh, so seeing as there was no options, I was cook or, you know, digging foundations, construction, uh, which I did to support my musical career. Um, uh, but you know, once I moved to LA, um, you know, there was no going back. There was no like safety net and no, like, oh, I can always go to college. You know, there was nothing. Yeah, that, I understand. Which I thought for me was was very helpful. If you get to go to college when you're 18, that's fucking awesome. Like my girls, it's a different story for them. Like you're going to college because your dad didn't have the option, damn it. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, and, and when I, um, I mean, truthfully, when I got sober, you know, I through my, my 20s and um, I had a, you know, started to be a pretty rough time for myself and, and uh, with, with the alcoholism and drug addiction. And, uh, um, you know, I found a way out of that and um, landed on my feet. And really one of the first things I wanted to do, I'm like, I want to go to school. I, I want to go to business school. I'd made some money in my 20s. I didn't know what money was. I came from a family, like, and I couldn't ask a brother or sisters, like, you know, how, what I do. So I had to figure it out for myself. And uh, if anybody was ripping me off and how they're doing it. And, you know, that was really like kind of street credo, like who's ripping me off. So I went to school and, and business school and got it, got into the one I wanted to get in. I had to go through some community college to get into the, to Seattle U where I okay. went. Um, and, uh, it was wonderful. And I had, you know, I, I started a, a band when I got sober uh, the, in Seattle, this, this band loaded. So I had like a college yes. band. I had That's a college awesome. band, you know, <laughs> and, you know, spring break, we'd go to Japan and play shows and, um, um, but and I met my wife right in there and, uh, on a blind date and, uh, I had my house and it was a house I bought. To, to raise a family in, and and I met the, the I met the woman, and we had you know she had him, the two girls. <laughs> yes, I was, yes, I was, you got to clarify. You must yeah. clarify. Yes, I was just there, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went to school. It was great, and uh, I gained the knowledge that I was hoping for, and that's that. That's congrats on that, man. On on all of that. Um, Thank you. That's like. Uh, that's you did what you had to do, and that's so great. I know yeah. uh, I've thought about going to college. I didn't get a chance to as a as a young guy right out of school, high school. I went on tour, but um, uh, I know that I would definitely need to clean out some cobwebs before I did in, in the old brain oh, here. Dude, <laughs> let me tell you, man. I would. I got into this when I got into the business school. You know, these are kids coming out of to get into this school, they're pretty smart kids like really smart kids. <laughs> so what would take them 45 minutes to study? Yeah. Would take me eight hours wow. in the first year. 
until I really started to like figure out how to study all that stuff that, you know, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta learn how to study. And I was making notes on everything, you know, and like, what were your grades like? Uh, they were very good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you say they were, or they weren't? They were very good. They were very good. Really? Okay. Yes. Your face, your people can't see your face right now, but your face told me something different. I thought. No, briefly. no, I, I was a four point student. Oh, really? Yeah. Kick ass, man. Well, I didn't go there to fuck around. You know? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If I didn't know something, I'd go to the professor and like, what does this mean? You know? And uh, I didn't go there to just pass. You know, right. I, I was there to learn shit. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand. So you're you're a musician, you're a songwriter, producer, author, father, yeah. entre entrepreneur. Um, dude, how do you balance things like career and family and, and life in general, especially being a, a musician on tour? It's it's a contact sport, man, to have a family, tour, um, work in our weird work world, um, and keep a, a strong relationship and, and, and raise kids that, you know, you, uh, something you could stand by, you know, and I have been very fortunate and have a really good wife, uh, and my, our girls, you know, really been great, but you know, there's a lot of, especially when the girls were small, like in Velvet Revolver, I'd fly home for, you know, 23 hours for, a you know, a birthday, a thing, this, so, and, and I wouldn't be gone more. And they, they never thought I was gone that long because I'd always fly home. And you, you got to, you know, you got to make time, figure out how you can get your family out to you and, and can, you know, can you make it work financially and all that stuff. And, um, and then, you know, obviously keeping your, your, your head straight. Nothing's good if you ain't good. Right. 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 Be happy if you're not straight. So, uh, I mean, I got so sobriety has been my thing. I'm not going to talk to you about sobriety, but for me, it's been the thing. And, and, um, uh, uh, me, it's like pushing myself physically in the gym or in the dojo. Uh, what are you studying? Huh? What are you studying in the dojo? I've, I've been kickboxing since 95. You con, uh, my oh. sensei is Benny the Jet or Kitas. Oh, I actually went there a few times when I was a kid. Did you? Which, yeah. Which Down, dojo? Uh, the one, it was in uh, in the valley out there. How old uh, are you? I'm 42, uh, 40, how old am I? 44. Oh, so you went to the Jet Center? Yes, the Jet right. Center. Yeah. yeah, that was before me. Oh, okay. Me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so it's uh, Sensei Benny. Uh, yes. So that, so you know what it is. You yeah, can't. yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's a way of life for me. Uh, it's not just a punching, hitting uh, in the ring thing, but it is that, but it's more of, uh, um, a way of life and, uh, a way of, uh, getting yourself straight and together and centering the, you know, the, the mind, body, and spirit. And, and, uh, and if I can do that on a daily basis, then I can, I can reach out. I can, I can take care of my family and I can take care of, my tour and I can get in the gym and I can, um, you know, I come and sound check. Um, I've got a base sitting there for warming up 
I've got some tunes, you know, today. And, you know, uh, th this, you know, yesterday was a, a pretty long drive. It was from Fargo to, it was like a, you know, seven and a half hour drive overnight. And then we had to just hang in this little town of Montana, uh, you know, figure out some shit to do and work out and stuff. And our driver had to sleep in a 10 hour break. Then it was another nine hours last night. We got here at three in the morning. I don't sleep past eight, so I didn't get a lot of sleep last Neither. night. Yeah, yeah. Sleep was not great for me last night, so I'm just trying to pace myself today so I don't bonk at some point. But we got a gig in a few hours, and um, I'll be ready. I know that I'm 100% sure for that. Very and, cool. Uh, you know, you're keeping yourself occupied and busy. And uh, it's inspiring. What uh, I do dirty as shit on the road. You, you, uh, dude. I have a little like passport that yeah, puts stamps from national parks and museums and stuff in it. That's awesome. Yeah, I read take advantage of all of that. I do it. You know what? Yeah. I I took for granted um, a lot of that for a lot of my uh, touring years, and I I regret it. But I, about five, I I am also sober. I got sober about five and a half years ago. But about in around, a row. Yes. Five and a half years in a row. That's the key part. In a yeah. row. Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, but I decided that I would take advantage of all of those things when I'm out on the road. So kudos to that. Yeah. What bases do you play and why? So I have my, my, my jazz uh, special bases that I had found one of these. Uh, when guns started, I had a, I had a Yamaha B, something bx something like yeah, yeah it was a, like a 1982 and i got it i traded some things and this and that and i got and it was it was a good base but i would our where we rehearsed in guns in those first days was back behind a guitar center on sunset strip or sun, on sunset and um i'd go in there i was that guy who went in there and couldn't buy anything like i'd look <laughs> at this Base. I look at this. That was me too. Hey, yeah, right. You know the you know the deal. <laughs> and the GK yeah. head. And like I look at this stuff and like ah. Oh. And then we got it. We got a record deal. And we got an advance. And I went in and bought that Fender Jazz Special. It was a Japanese made 1986 um, Jazz Special. And and uh, it became. I mean, that's the sound of that bass is the sound of appetite. It's the sound of illusions. I used that bass, that same bass. That same bass. Oh wow! And then you know, flash forward, you know, a year or two or three, and and Fender um, started to make that bass for me. Custom shop. It would the 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 neck was a little misshapen, a little egg shaped. It was turns out that particular neck was a little off, a little askew, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And so they made, they put it on, you know, computer and rotated the thing and figured it out. And so we just get them from the custom shop and then flash way forward and Velvet revolver fender wanted to put out a Duff model. And it was that 86, you know, Japanese, uh, jazz special. And then, um, I started playing, um, Reggie Hamilton got me a Reggie Hamilton mod Getty Lee jazz. Okay. Right. And he sent okay. it to me. I was on the road and felt revolver and Reggie, sweetest thing ever. He's my bass teacher. You know, he sends me this bass and it's got the drop D thing on it. And I started putting, it's when I was really studying and I put some flat wounds on another bass and I'm playing with my fingers now and I'm oh, doing awesome. Yeah. 
and uh, this is like 2009 or so, and okay. I'm really like listening to Duck Don and Jamerson and playing with my fingers and trying to one finger thing like Jamerson and like that guy's fuck him. That fucking guy. <laughs> uh, laying, I hear the stories like he's laying on his back, like just playing with one finger. I'm like, okay. yes, okay, good for you, James Jamerson. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I yeah. with the drop D and then I started playing in this this band, The Walking Papers. I was playing bass. Barrett Martin, drummer. If you haven't listened to Walking Papers, listen to um I'm the write first, this down. Yeah, right listen to um uh the records I played on with Barrett Martin playing drums. It's it was like going to church, man, the, this band. Um and it really my bass chops. It was really bass heavy, the band. Um, kind of like a soul band. Okay. Soul, dirty rock and roll, super cool. Were you rocking and, your uh, fingers on that record or a pick? I did a little bit of all of it. Oh, awesome. So I had the okay. drop D thing going, and, and there was a lot of songs of drop D, and I started messing with that. And, and Fender took notice that I was playing this, this other bass. And they said, would you like to uh, experiment with making your own sort of model of this? So we did. And so now I have two Fender basses and those are the two I play is my point. I made a really long answer. That's okay. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. I, I play my, my Fender, both my Duff models. Very uh, cool. And they're both really great basses. And I, I have a bunch of other basses and Slash for Christmas. He got me one of Lemmy's studio Rickenbackers, Ooh. which... I don't know how to repay him for that. And if you got any ideas, please let me know. Uh, what am I going to get him? Yeah, you know? I, I I don't. I'm sorry. I'll think about it, though. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Um, so I, I've got other stuff. And, and Gibson, uh, they got a new ownership. And I happen to know one of the guys with the company, the bottom. And he sent me, uh, you know, like an EBO, basically. A little three-quarter scale. Like your, fir like your first one. Yeah. Very cool. Sent it to my house. Like, really nice of him. Like, oh, this is cool. You can shred on those little three quarters. Yeah. Um, so I have other things, but live and in the studio, I, I use my basses. A, a lot of your tone, is there a chorus on there? Is that what I hear? Or is it? So, yes. I I saw a band. I love this band. They're called Magazine. Um, the singer from the Buzzcocks formed awesome. a new band and they were called magazine and it was kind of a post-punk post-punk band and i saw them play at the paramount in seattle and the record was just so good a lot of people referenced that band that I, that I didn't really realize did um but the bass sound on that was this monster sound and i asked kurt block who's a guitar player from fastbacks who knew everything about everything i'm like what is that sound on the bass this is i'm still in seattle he goes oh he has a chorus pedal wow like, a what so I got one and, you know, guns, we started, you know, writing songs and playing live shows. And I would put that chorus pedal in certain points, like the beginning of Sweet Child of Mine or, mm -hmm. in, and then the breakdown of Sweet Child of Mine. I wouldn't have it on the whole time. Okay. Um, a beginning of Michelle, really cool for intros. Um, pretty much, I mean, most of Rocket or Rocket Queen, um, uh, throughout my whole guns and even Velvet Revolver, you're healed my chorus pedals. Uh, uh, I mean, I've used the Dunlop uh, chorus pedals. Uh, Scott Yoshida was at Dunlop for a bunch of years. And um, 
Um, but the, the original one I got was this old Ibanez guitar chorus pedal that I got for, you know, like 30 bucks that somebody yeah. had. And I'm like, well, that's a chorus pedal and, and it works. You still use that one out on the road? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What other yeah. pedals do you use? No, I don't. No, I have, no. No. Okay. Uh, just just the, the chorus pedal for those particular parts of the songs. Yeah. McBob yeah. triggers it all on the side for me. Very cool. Or okay. step stomps on it because yeah. I stomp on them too hard. Um, <laughs> he goes, it's, it's, yeah, it's not a stomp box. <laughs> but wait, but wait, that's what it's called. That's what it's exactly. Yeah. You get me, man. I, I get it, man. What about yeah. amps? Okay, so my GK, the was like the thing I always went went with at the beginning. That's the one I bought at Guitar Center. Beautiful amp. Um, two. I had two EV four hundred watt speakers in an acoustic cabinet. Uh, Frankenstein, you know, amp set up um and then you know mcbob came in and we got more pro uh but i mean we that acoustic cabinet stayed out with us for through, quite a long time quite a long time and then then gk started to advance in the 2001 rb and yeah. and the other heads and and nothing else worked for me gk was the thing yeah. um but fender I'm a Fender artist as well, and they developed this bass head, this super basement. Um, that is, there's a there's a dirty channel on it, and it has the dirty with all the low end. You it has, you pull out the low end, and it's just it'll make you you know uh, go take a shit. I'll just say, <laughs> it. And, and so now I I had so that's my grind. I don't need a, a pedal for that. I have an amp. Oh, cool. Uh, um, so for the grind, and, and I just have that. I have two amps. I have the okay. GK. Yep. And I have the the Fender Super Basement. Um, I'm not sure what kind of, what do I have for a, what am I coming out of for a direct? You're coming out of the, the back of the GK. We also That's how I do it too. Radial DI. Yeah. And then the two speakers of each, uh, uh, a 410 Fender. Yeah, the 410 Fenders are, are just, I, I would never see myself playing through 10s. And a 15 GK. And a 15 GK, yeah. Okay, so you're mixing and matching. It sounds yeah. like it's working really well. Yeah, it's not a lot. Like if you, like if you, it's like we're playing huge places, you would yeah. think, oh, this guy's playing like a fucking four stacks, of, and I'm not. You know, I got two heads and uh, what, a 410s and a, and a 15. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You're keeping it simple. I like that. Yeah. Very yeah. cool, man. Uh, what about strings? I've used the Roto Sound swing bass um, since day one. I bought a pack of those. You know, I bought yeah. new strings, and uh, I don't know how I bought those ones, but they really, that's that's key to my sound. Uh, Gate, get, I used uh, the Dunlop 73 Tortex, and that's... a also a major part of my sound. It's got enough snap that it's kind of funky, you know, yeah. and I and that goes back to my Sly and the Family Stone and Prince and Lakeside and Cameo, you know, that I couldn't slap. And I didn't want to be a white dude trying to slap in the 80s. You know, that is not 
to me, it's not sexy, you know? So, but this Tortex would give it- I, I, like, I like to slap the bass a little bit. No, 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 it's fine if you really know what you're doing, but I, I would have sounded like one of them fucking, I don't know. It, was, it wouldn't have been pretty, trust me. Cause there's guys like probably yeah, you, got you and Schreiner, you know, who can, who can shred. Um, but I just wanted my own thing. And I Absolutely, wanted to, and man. Absolutely. I could really like, I could pull off and it would sound like kind of like you're pulling off your fingers up on uh, the G string or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, those are my three, really the pick the strings, the bass, um, the amps. I also used Dunlop uh, strap lock. Oh, cool. I just saved my ass. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play. I wouldn't do anything else. I'm not trying to be a company man here, but it's yeah. the truth. And awesome. I know McBob uses the like this the clean cleaner uh, setup that you guys have that Dunlop has. Yeah, especially I, uh, the string cleaner. Because there's some basses I only use on like I I play about four different basses. We play a pretty long set, so uh -huh. I have different tunings, you know. And um, so I'll get another bass for that tuning. So some bass I only use like a song a night. I got you. Two songs and whatever. And yeah. uh, so instead of putting new strings on, he just cleans them with that stuff and keeps it all good. Awesome. What is, uh, what's your approach to songwriting and how has it evolved or has it evolved over the years? Is there anything yeah. that you do that's special? You start I mean, on the bass, really, on the guitar. It doesn't or? start on the bass rarely. I went in and did a record with with uh, Chad from Ch Chad Smith from Chili Peppers and Andrew Watt awesome. for the Osborne record. Awesome. And we wrote and recorded that record in what was it? Four days. Four days. Yeah, yeah we wrote and recorded the the whole record, that Ordinary Man record. Yeah. Guys who never really, but it was just three like pro dudes. Me and McBob were just talking about who clicked, and it 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 it's a pretty fucking killer record. But that those riffs I wrote on the bass, it's it's really really rare. Yeah, I'll do that if Slash has got something, and I can add a there's a bass line that you know like Switch out of my beginning of that shit or whatever you know you right. like that's just feeding off of each other. But when I write songs, I have an acoustic guitar. Okay, and um, you know, I listen to different artists and that, that'll, I don't steal their material, but I purposely listen to Elvis Presley gospel, you know, just to get a different take um, on that's that whole song was one G major chord with just these rolling, um, you know, vocal harm uh, 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 melodies that evolve and evolve as all of our G. It might go up to a C for a second, and then it comes back to G. Uh, <laughs> You know, that very simple stuff. Um, Absolutely. Um, but I have an acoustic guitar with me. It's on my bus. Uh, I wrote a song last night on my on my, on my ride. And I recorded my garage band. Um, oh, cool. My piece of shit. I always have a melody line, a vocal melody line. And, and um, just during COVID, I recorded 39 songs. And, you know, hopefully 23 of them are good. And out of those, hopefully 16 are great. Yeah. You know, yeah, or at least two, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I kind of get inspired by things I listen to or sometimes things I don't listen to, just not listening to stuff for a while. Depends, I just go in all these kind of cycles. Really. I got you. People I play with, different, I pick up things from them. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. I mean, you're you're grabbing inspiration from different places, and yeah. that's uh, that's great. Um, are you gonna put those out at all? You think? Yes, we're just gotta find a time. You know, I can't do it in the middle of like a guns tour cycle. Right. Right. Um, so, um, man, there's so many different ways that I write. I gotta tell you, it really is. If I'm if I'm playing with a really cool drummer and I got electric guitar on, some guy, you know, Sean Kenny from Allison Chains. We did this thing where he just jammed and he's such a different drummer that yeah. we had like 12 things and I was playing electric guitar and he's just like, he's a very musical, musical drummer. And um, and playing with Chad Smith, uh, writing those the, the Aussie songs. You know, we don't get to play Aussie songs, you right. know? Right. We, get, we don't only get to play them, we get to write them. <laughs> That's like, amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. okay, well, how, let's go, you know? Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's listen to some Sabbath on our drive-in, and let's go. Do you have a favorite drummer? I played with some really good guys, yep. you know? Uh, I've, I've been really fortunate. Barrett Martin is one of those guys. Uh, he was from Screaming Trees. He has, he has a, a, a jazz quartet now. He's he studied in Senegal. You know, okay. Senegalese rhythms and shit. The guy's just ridiculous. He plays stand-up bass, you know. He's just like this all-around. Um, Abe Laborio, pretty much a badass. Got to yeah. play with him. You know, the guys who give me a really good pocket. Frank is really, uh, our drummer for Guns, is really, he's really coming into this this really special place of, of a pocket. He's evolving as a drummer as we've been playing the last five, six years. Awesome. Um, it's, it's really like it's a pleasure to play with him right now. He's got this big pocket going, and um, I don't know, you know, if he knew he was finding it or not. I'm like, there it is. We were in rehearsals. I'm like, holy motherfuck, motherfucker, there it is. And he's like, okay. And uh, so uh, it, I play with Taylor, who's great. Oh, cool. I play with Dave Grohl. All these guys are great for and Chad Smith. Come on, the guy's yeah. fucking a monster. So solid, he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Doing that stuff with Chad, like I know I can get in front of Ch me and Chad. We both know it. we could get in a room right now and write a record for somebody. You know, uh, and I right can't now. wait to hear it. You know, and, and it doesn't matter who. We'll fucking right. figure it out. Um, awesome man. So I've got so many good. Steven Adler was amazing, you know, like that swing, that little engine he has, and and uh, and Matt Sorum, monster fucking monster. Um, so so many guys. Uh, great, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but I played with. I don't have yeah. a favorite. Okay. You know, I I can't say that I really do, but uh, I've I know. Played some, I've played with some pretty dynamite motherfuckers. It sounds like it, man. Dream I played come with Aronoff. Yeah, I played yeah. with a lot of them. I played with a ah shit, Prince's drummer, the big guy. Remember that Minneapolis? Oh, I can't remember his name though. New Power Generation first drummer in New Power. Yeah, I can't remember. Yes, he his would name. move the whole stage when he played. <laughs> Not just his drum kit, but yeah. Um, so crazy, man. That's amazing. You know when you, it's a, it's such 
a gift to be able to play with with a good drummer. It feels so good. Yeah. What advice do you have for young guys, young musicians or bass players out there? Yeah, I mean, you've had some serious longevity in your career. And yeah. um, I think that that um, we're all lucky to uh, to learn from you. And, and Oh, well, shit, I don't know, man. You know, um, I'm, you know, I, I, I got to talk to Duck Dunn before he died and I didn't know he was going to die. Um, it to take some lessons from him. And I got him on the phone and somebody put me in touch. Lakeland Bassist put me on in touch with him. And um, and I called him, it was before a gig somewhere, he was playing in Phoenix. And I said, hey, uh, you know, Duck Dunn, what, you know, I'd love to take s- some lessons from you at some point. Like, is that any way I could make that happen? And he's like, oh, now Duff, I couldn't show you anything you didn't know, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 dude. Like me sitting in a room, Trust me, and he just didn't really. He was like, I, I don't know, but but you want? I hear he heard my little girls in the background. Oh, you got kids? Why don't you bring your family out and we'll hang out? You know, very sweet man, and and uh, I kind of feel like that. Like I'm still in the middle of it. I don't know what I could give to somebody else. Like I think we definitely need their, you know, young bass players, and there's some really good players to watch in it and. Um, it's such a badass instrument to play, you know, and especially if you, if you're laying it down, like the Jamersons, John Paul Jones, uh, but Duck Dunn plays like start there with like less is more and, and learn that great stuff and listen to Larry Graham and listen to Prince play bass. And, yes. Yes. You know what I mean, um, yeah. and there's so many, the, the bass to me, it's just such a, mystical fucking cool motherfucking instrument to play and it's not about you're kind of keeping the you're keeping the whole band kind of on point you know the bass player is 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 the one that connects the drums to everything else you got to keep the drummer like got to have the you know all right dude we're, we're moving now and you got to <laughs> communicate that to Somebody like Slash who plays with his eyes closed, you know, but he trusts me that I'll get him to the next point, you know, and Axel, you know, who's, you got it. The bass player is like, a, it's kind of a bigger gig than, than just playing bass. Um, right. And not saying just playing bass, because playing bass is a, is a contact sport as well, you know? Right. Um, and, um, you know, learn to sing too. Learn to sing if you're young, you know, really study some good, lead singers some good backup singers and don't scream into the microphone if you're a backup singer sing and don't sing yeah. loud you know yeah because you're going to get out of the bar soon enough and the pas are going to get better and you're going to be screaming through that pa and people are going to be putting their fingers in their ears like oh, sing. That, that sucks Right, <laughs> that's happened to me. I'm sure many times. Well, all of us, we, yeah, we were backup singers, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> right. Oh man, so yeah. um, um, we know that you have have um sort of broadened your horizons and and not just playing music. You went back to school. Um, you're you're an author. You're, you're a businessman. Um what other career opportunities do you think would be good for as a bass player or, or budding bass players and musicians? Man, 
I mean, I don't know anything else than just to start a band and believe in your thing and, and go, put your, pin your ears back and go forward, you know? Yeah. I don't know anything else than that. Uh, the, all the other things that came in my life were side results of me just pinning my ears back. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's about the truth, man, like feeling the truth and don't, you know, uh, you, you can smell bullshit. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't do the stuff where you know. Trust your instincts. If it smells like bullshit, it is bullshit. So don't do that. And you know, just um, I have a radio show on Aussies, uh, uh, serious, and I call it Three Chords and the Truth. You know, and I I try to play songs on there that kind of depict the truth in rock and roll. That's my saying on the thing, but it's it's not just my saying. It's just like you know, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Three chords in the truth. Form a band, get the right people in your band, don't settle. Um, I moved to LA to finally find the, I played in so many bands before I, Guns N' Roses, so yeah. many. Yeah. And I finally got in this band, I got in this room, I'm like, oh my God, I think it's a, that guy's good and that guy's good and that guy's fucking, these guys are all fucking great. I think we have the band, you know? I think we have the band. And we all kind of realized that, like, oh, we all finally found each other. And nice. so find that band for you, whatever that is, and and go, man. I don't know if you got to worry about streaming and fucking how do we do it now. And I, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> go for it. You know? Persistence. It's yeah. magic, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, all the streaming stuff, how do you feel, like, especially with this pandemic um, and, and the touring situation is um, up in the air? Where do you it's think it's crazy. going? I mean, we're touring and it's very interesting right now. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, um, we got, we're masked up all the time. We're in this like bubble, not going, you know, there was a cafe and in this little town I was in yesterday, we're like, nah, let's not go in, you know, yeah. let's not but, go in. We can't do the, those things right yeah. now. Because if I take that, if I get it and I go to the next hotel, in a major city and I get the right. front person, you know, desk person sick, then the, everybody in the staff and then they've got to close the restaurants and they can't, they got to, you know, yeah. I ain't going to do that. You're, um, it's very, very smart, very thoughtful. Well, very, I mean, you know, we, you, uh, we don't want to do we that. You, but you know. you're, you're actually <laughs> think thinking about it though, which is, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it seems obvious, but, Maybe it's selfish. We want this tour to, to go on, but it's not selfish. We just don't want to get, I don't want to get anybody sick, man. Right. Yeah. And, uh, You're being safe. That's awesome. Yeah. That's as That's it should be. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, let's see. I don't, are you on social media at all? I am on, uh, yes, I am on, uh, Instagrams. Okay. Uh, it's okay. just me, Duff McKagan. Uh, and I'm on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I, I post like shows, like, thank you. Uh, Missoula. I'll probably post that tonight with some picture I took of like something stupid. Couple um, emojis, couple uh, hugs and kisses. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I put no emojis on there. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I guess I have a Facebook, but I don't. I don't run it. It's like okay. a, a professional. You know what do they call it? It's like a professional Facebook. Uh, they just post social, all. Of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody. Right. Somebody else. But um, uh, yeah, I like. Uh, I like Instagram when I get bored on a bus ride. I follow like these 
some fancy like resort in Italy, you know, like I just look at like, oh, look at that. Yeah. And I'm like, on a bus, not our bus, right? oh, look at this. Boats <laughs> out there. I do that That's with cool. with Thailand uh, on that all the time. You know, yeah. 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 I follow like, I look at dogs, you know, like stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I wish I had that lab on my bus right now. We could. <laughs> Man, uh, I really thank you so much for hanging, and I appreciate you very much. Um, Thanks for taking the time, and good luck on the tour. Yeah, Uh, I'm hoping to see you sometime. Um, Any last words for our listeners? Um, I mean, thanks for listening. Um, Hopefully, you got a little something out of this. Um, You know, uh, I just do the best I can with what I got, and I try to do that every day, and and that's it man. I hear that man that is our show for today thank you for joining us stay healthy and kind spread love good vibes and inspiration and remember you got this follow your path and just play I'm Josh Paul I hope to see you out there sometime soon and thank you so much to Dunlop for making this show possible be sure to check out Bass Freaks wherever you get your podcast cheers to you